So there was this one time <clears throat> that Jesus was hanging out with these guys, about 12 of them, turns out. And they spent this day out, man, preaching and teaching and talking about the kingdom of God. It was this great day of ministry. And at the end of it, Jesus said, man, we're going to get into a boat and we're going to go to the other side of the lake. Well, they get in this boat and on the way there, they hit this crazy storm. I mean, a storm so scary that uh, it just about took their lives. The Bible actually talks about it in the book of Mark. And Mark, he's like the get to the point gospel. If you look, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mark is, is short, it's condensed, it's quick. And, and he tells a good version of the story, basically, of, of what he had heard all took place. So we're going to look at it together in Mark 4, 35 through 41. It'll be on the screens, or if you have a Bible, you can read along with me. And this is what it says of the story. As evening came, Jesus said to, the, to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, which is terrific, right? Jesus, he's asleep at the back, just chilling. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even, <coughs> excuse me, even the wind and the waves obey him. And the disciples were absolutely shocked by this event. And they were left speechless, practically. There's not really any, anything that we can put together except they're just like, who is this guy? I mean, seriously, stands up and he says a word and the winds and the waves die down. This is what I call a moment. It's a moment in which something so amazing happens that in all reality, about the best that we can muster is, whoa. About all we can come up with in response to it. Have you ever experienced a moment, man, a moment that's maybe shocking or, or just so out of the blue or so out of the ordinary that it leaves you with, with little availability to create words or create some sort of, man, reaction to it except just, whoa. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the very first four books of the New Testament are what we call the Gospels. And what they are is they're just stories written by men of what happened when Jesus was here on earth. Kind of like they penned when they finished up this, these years with Jesus. They wrote down what they had seen. Two of them were eyewitnesses. Two of them were compiled talking to the eyewitnesses. And they wrote down, this is what happened when Jesus was hanging out with his disciples doing this. And then when they, when they went here, this is what happened. Then we went here and this teaching was given by Jesus and these people were healed. And they wrote down all of these things. And what's cool is, these four books are absolutely filled to the brim with moments. And these, these amazing moments that just shock people. And, and we read them, and they, they take us back. You guys don't seem that impressed. I finished reading that story, and I didn't hear any gasps. I didn't hear any like, wow, nothing when I told you that. All right, so we're going to have to make it more realistic because I need you guys to be able to grasp with this. I need you to track with this because we have this tendency as people just to read a story and just read over it so bland, man, like without even like engaging with that story. We need to actually understand what happened and feel this because this, 
Man, it's, it's a woman. Okay, so we're going to we're gonna have to put ourselves in the position with it, okay? So real quick, we're going to do some, some story time, okay? We're going to use our imaginations. We've just spent a whole day with Jesus, teaching, preaching, talking. And he says, we're going to get on this boat, and we're going to go to the other side. So we get on this boat, and we begin to set off. Jesus decides he's going to take a nap. And, and in the distance, we start to hear this rumble. And I'm going to have to have our sound man help us with this as we go forward. We, we start to hear... In the distance, the wind's beginning to pick up. It's okay, you know, boat's kind of rocking back and forth. Waves are getting a little more choppy, but it's all good. It's fine. And then that wind begins to pick up a little more, doesn't it? It starts to really, really blow, and maybe our stomachs get a little bit queasy as we're going up and down and up and down on these waves. And the wind becomes stronger, and the, maybe the storm begins to kind of thunder in the background. And we're thinking, okay, this is maybe getting a little scary. We got the oars, and maybe we're starting to row, and all of a sudden, it's getting really hard to fight against these waves. These waves are starting to really, really be tough to go against. Okay, this is getting a little scary. And then all of a sudden, the waves just get overpowering. Can't even hold on to the oars anymore, and the water begins to break over top of the sides of the boat. We begin standing in water, and we're taking on water, and all of a sudden, us as disciples, we say, okay, this is getting way too scary. We need to get Jesus. Somebody go wake up Jesus. He's still chilling in the back. I don't think we're going to make it. It's going to go, they go, go, Jesus, Jesus, you got to wake up. You got to wake up. And Jesus. Be still. And that eerie calm. You hear how the silence almost became deafening? Jesus just walks up to the edge of the boat and he just says, be still. The wind dies out. The waves disappear. And they're just floating on this, this glass. Just even soft water. And these disciples turn to each other and just go, whoa. Who is this guy? I mean, we, we've walked with him and we've seen him do some stuff, but I mean, he just said quiet and a storm disappeared. This moment, all of a sudden, they're just like, who is this guy? I mean, this is, we're not just dealing with some good teacher and we're not just dealing with some guy who figured out some sort of miracle and laying his hands on people. I mean, he just said, be still, and a storm disappeared. Whoa. This is where the disciples found themselves, in the middle of the storm, all of a sudden fearing for their lives. And then Jesus stands up, and he does this great command, and all of a sudden, whoa. I've been in some storms. Some storms. I've encountered them in my life. Situations that, man, all of a sudden the circumstances get really, really ugly. The circumstances around me begin to get more than I can handle. That's what a storm is. It's when those circumstances, they begin to overwhelm when we think, I don't think that I have enough strength to man the oars anymore. I don't know if I have enough strength to fight against the waves anymore. I know you guys have faced storms too. Every one of you. I'm sure all of you have faced a storm. I was thinking about storm, storm. What does that mean? I thought I'd make an an acronym for you. S-T-O-R-M. Situations that overwhelm, ruin, and mislead. And situations where all of a sudden when we're in them, they just become overwhelming. We can't handle them. 
On the end of it, the edge of it, we see the fact of our financial or some sort of ruin, relationship ruin. It gets scary. Or maybe it just misleads and it makes people think the wrong things about us. And, and we feel all of a sudden like we can't handle the oars in, this wave, in these waves. Like I said, I'm sure that every one of you have been in a storm. It could be a financial burden, job loss, unforeseen bills, medical expenses, something in which all of a sudden the finances look really scary. It's a storm. It could be the fact that maybe it's, it's a relationship situation. Maybe it's with your, your family or your extended family. And, and there's a storm that happens. And all of a sudden you're kind of on the outs and you don't know how you can mend this. It makes it really, really awkward. You feel weird about getting together for Easter or getting together for Christmas or whatever. It could be some sort of fight between you and your spouse, or you and your kids, where that relationship seems kind of strained, and the, the fight, maybe the situation that created it, it seems kind of overwhelming, and we don't know how we're going to get through this. Maybe someone misunderstood you or misrepresented you at work, and all of a sudden it looks really ugly because you lost some credibility you had, or you lost ground, or you lost a, a contract or something, where it feels like you're in this, this storm that you can't get out of, you can't handle or maybe it's, it's literally a physical storm. Anybody have a bad night on Thursday? On Thursday night, I'm praying for my mom and our, our courtesy coordinator who are stuck at our downtown building because the storm hit, and they were down here, and they didn't want to drive home in it. Our courtesy coordinator, Angie, is like, my kids are at home, and that storm, that tornado, is supposed to be right close to my house. And you feel completely just, there's nothing I can do. All I can do is pray in this, in this storm. I don't have the power to do anything. Just, just asking God, would you help in this moment? That's what these storms are. They're situations where we realize we no longer have complete control of the circumstances around us. They begin to get overwhelming or, or scary and frightening. And, and that's all of a sudden when things can go bad. This is where these disciples found themselves. They just had a great day with Jesus and teaching and, and sharing about the kingdom of God. And they, they got on this boat and all of a sudden the storm hit. And they found themselves in the middle of it. I kind of want to do this, uh, this message and kind of this series almost Bible study-esque. I want to look at these verses and I want us to take a look at them because I believe there's, there's truths inside of these that apply where if we pick these up, I think it could change us when we find a storm. And I have a few things I want you to grasp. One big one that I want you to walk away with today that I believe if you put in your mind, if you put in your heart, it's going to be a really big effect someday, someday down the road. So what I want to do is I want to look at this verse again. And if you want to follow along with me, I want to talk about these, this story piece by piece. So it says this in, in verse 35 through uh, 37. It says, As evening came, Jesus says, said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. I want you to see what this is. Jesus says, hey, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. Great plan. Great plan Jesus has. That we get in the boat, we start going across, but then immediately we're faced with a storm. And these disciples had something which they could have grasped onto. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. Well, we just heard this guy multiple different times, but when he says stuff, it comes true, right? Over and over and over again. And these disciples that they got in this boat, if Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side, they would have faith in regards to, if Jesus says it, it's going to happen, right? But it gets scary when the storm hits. 
I think they thought, yeah, maybe a little storm. But Jesus said we're going to the other side, right? I mean, it's Jesus, and obviously he would know about this, right? But when the storm starts hitting, that other side promise begins to get smaller and smaller in their view, and the waves begin to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Their attention gets shifted away from the fact that Jesus is in the boat with them to the fact that water is in the boat with them. All of a sudden, they forget about the fact that, I mean, Jesus, this guy we just see do all these miracles, he's in the boat. They get more freaked out by the fact that their feet are beginning to get wet. Let me tell you, it takes faith when our feet get wet. It's easy to have faith about the other side when we're, when we're smooth sailing, but when the waves start crashing over and all of a sudden our feet begin to get wet, and that's when it takes faith. We do the exact same thing. Are we trusting what Jesus said is going to happen? Or are our eyes and is our attention on the storm that sits in front of us? Do we get distracted? Are we worried because our feet are getting wet and the water's beginning to rise? Or are we confident because Jesus is in the boat too? And Jesus is here with us, so we should have confidence. But it takes faith when our feet begin to get wet. The story continues in verse 38. It says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? The disciples were getting pretty worried. Pretty worried, and they figured, man, wake Jesus up. But I love, you notice the disciples don't wake Jesus up to be like, Hey, Jesus, there's a storm. Could you help? They literally wake him up to tell him, We're all going to die. That's like the wake-up call they give Jesus, right? It's not like, hey, could you help? It's like, Jesus, you should probably wake up because we're all going to die now. I mean, do you think that Jesus didn't know about the storm? Of course Jesus knew about the storm, right? I mean, it's Jesus. This dude had, like, amazing divine knowledge. So my guess is he already knew about the storm before they got into the boat. But even still, I mean, if he laid his head on that pillow and the storm began to rise, my guess is he probably, like, opened his eye and he's like, hmm, and then went back to bed, right? I mean, he knew about this storm. He understood that it was coming, but I I think... I think the disciples give a really, really great insight into the question that we ask. And it's not, Jesus, do you know that we're going to drown? They say, Jesus, do you care? That's the question they're asking here in verse 38. They say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? I think that we fall into the exact same situation sometimes when storms hit us. Now, we believe the fact that God and Jesus, he knows about the storm, right? But what we question is, do you care? God, do you care that I'm going to drown? That's what they asked Jesus in this moment. Did Jesus care? Of course he did. Of course he did. We see him stand up and we see him rebuke the waves. But then why? Why would this happen? If Jesus was going to stand up and he was going to rebuke these waves, he was going to cast them away and they were going to disappear, why did the storm have to happen in the first time, in the first place? I think that Romans gives us a great look at this. Paul, writing in Romans, he says this, and I think it gives great insight into the situation. Romans 5, 3-5 says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. And we rejoice when we run into problems and trials. That seems crazy, right? For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. 
And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And why would there be a storm? Why would it come up? Because the storms are the very things that build our faith. The storm needed to be there because it developed those disciples' faith. It grew it. It literally says in this that problems build character, which turns into confident hope. Without the problems, we can't get to confident hope. We need that in order to find it. I wholeheartedly believe that if if they would have never woke Jesus up in this situation, they would have still made it to the other side. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. I think they would have made it. But you see, Jesus was letting them have this experience of developing faith. Man, how much water can get in the boat? How strong can the wind and waves get before you give up hope? Let me say it this way. Faith is not found on calm waters, but it is forged in the storm. Faith is not found out on calm waters. It is forged. It is smashed down and pressed together and built in the middle of a storm, both in these disciples' lives and in our lives too. That storm is is what creates that dependency. That storm is what shakes us from the reality that we can't control everything. And that problem develops that character which turns into hope that we wholeheartedly believe. We see the fact that they would have had confident hope. I love the fact that it says at the end of that, you know, we ask that question, Jesus, do you care? I love how the end of Romans, it literally says, for we know how dearly God loves us. That's how Paul kind of wraps up the idea that he lets these problems come into our life. He says, we know how dearly God loves us. We see Jesus stand up, and man, he does short work, short work on the storm. As we look at verse 39 through 41, it says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the wave, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? That's that part that I was talking about, about reaching the other side, where he's asking, you know, I said we were going to go to the other side. Don't you believe me when I tell you we're going to get there? I know your feet are getting wet, but do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Interesting point that word that Jesus is used, used when he says, why are you afraid? That word afraid, and then the word that says the disciples were terrified. Those are two different words in the original translation. I mean two different things. That original thing that Jesus said when he says, why are you afraid? That means basically like a, a cup running over with fear, like literally just abounding fear and scaredness. And then the terrified, it literally means kind of like the way that you would step back from an elephant because you respect how strong it is where you're kind of afraid of it because it's so powerful. It's a different kind of word that they had inside of them. The fear disappeared, but this, man, this overwhelming sense of woe came onto them. As we look through the stories of Jesus Christ, as I talk about this Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and it's filled with moments like this. We have at least eight times in those books in which Jesus proves that he has complete dominion over all of nature. At least eight times in which he does miracles that show the grandeur of his strength and power. 
We see the fact that at one time he calms the storm. Another time he multiplies food to feed 5,000 people. Yet another time he multiplies food to feed 4,000 people. We talk about that Jesus feeding the 5,000. He actually did that twice. And on top of that, 5,000 and 4,000 were the number of men, which means it was closer to like 15 and 12,000 people in respective times. Crazy. We see Jesus walking on water at one moment, withering a fig tree, delivering a miraculous catch of fish to men who were fishing. We see him retrieving a coin from a fish's mouth to pay a tax, and we see him turning water into wine. At least eight times we see miraculous connection between Jesus to the circumstantial world around him, that nothing stands in his way. This is what it proves. And this is what I want you to get. This is what I want you to put in your heart. This is what I want you to carry with you from the day more than anything else. Jesus is stronger than our storm of circumstances. Jesus is stronger than our storm. He is stronger than our circumstances. And he proves it time and time again as we look through this, that that nothing can stand in his way. Not a storm between him and the shore that he wants to get to. Not water between him and the disciples, that he literally walks across it to get to it. That there is no limit to what he can accomplish with the, the most minuscule, of investment into him, that he was given five loaves and some fish and he feeds 5,000 people, that he can multiply the contents around him, that at one time in which the the wine ran out and it was going to be this embarrassment, that he had these pots of water and he could immediately change the molecular structure of them into the finest wine in the world, that there's absolutely no end to his power over even impossible circumstances, touching a tree and it immediately withering to show his power. That at one time, he needed to pay a tax when they went to an area and they didn't have money and he sent one of his disciples. He says, go down to the lake, throw a line in, you'll catch a fish, you pull out that fish, reach into his mouth and there'll be a coin that's enough to pay our tax. Man, we see Jesus just time after time after time showing miraculous, miraculous, overwhelming control over all circumstances that stand around him. That nothing could stand in his way. And that is why it's so powerful. Because for the disciples and for us, as we encounter these storms, we can stand confidently and say, we know Jesus is stronger than our storm of circumstances. He is stronger Man, the disciples saw this. They were changed in this moment. When all of a sudden the fear began to become overwhelming, they really thought, we are not going to make it through. And Jesus just stands up and just with a word, the storm disappears. No doubt times after this in which, man, stuff got scary, stuff got hard. They would look back and they'd go, yeah, but, I mean, you remember that time when he stood up and he just said, be still? That no doubt it instilled a confidence in these men at times when things got tough that they would say, this is the guy who, he can calm a storm just with a whisper. These moments, man, in the Bible, they change these disciples and they change us too. They change us today. John, the last of the gospels that he wrote and at the end of it, he kind of does this wrap up and even says, why did I write all this stuff? Why is all of this penned? And I think he does a perfect job explaining why he does. In John 20, 30-31, he said, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him you will have life by the power of God 
of his name. Man, these things, these stories, these moments, they're what let us have this confidence and belief in Jesus. That as we experience them, they just blow our mind over and over and over again as we read about them and we experience them and say, man, this, this man Jesus is unlike any other that he really is more powerful than anything I might face, whatever those circumstances are. I have seen him do much more miraculous things. What does this all mean for, for you as you walk out of here today? The first thing I, I want you to do is I want you to read these stories. One of my biggest goals for this entire series is no more than some of you realizing that you have not given enough time to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That you haven't spent enough time reading these amazing, miraculous stories of Jesus. I'm telling you, I appreciate you coming and listening to me, being part of groups and talking about that, but I'm going to tell you, one of the things that changed my faith more than anything else was when I began to grab the Bible myself and I would read through these stories of Jesus. And I would read a story like this and just stop and go, whoa. Man, this guy Jesus is amazing. He is unlike anything else I've experienced in my entire life. That as I would read these things and I would see his compassion and his miraculous, man, endeavors that he would do, it would prove in my heart over and over and over again, this man is powerful. He is great and he is good. I'm telling you what I'd love for for so many of you, one of the best things I could could have you do as application to this is that today before you leave, if you don't have a great Bible that you love reading, you go back to guest services and we have free Bibles all the time for you guys. It's in a good translation you can begin to read. It has a marker in it that shows you here's a great place to start. And I would love for some people the application for this message, for this whole series, just to be that you say, I need to read some of these moments. I mean, some of these amazing, miraculous stories of Jesus for myself. I'm going to keep preaching to you about them, but I'm going to tell you, I can't cover enough, not for what you need for your faith. You need to go back and say, I want to start reading this for myself and experiencing this. And second, I need you to hold fast. Hold fast to the truth that Jesus is stronger than your storm of circumstances. And this is why. Some of you are just walking out of a storm. Some of you are in the middle of the storm. And the rest of you are sailing into a storm. Some of you might be like, oh, I, my life is pretty good. Is this? I guarantee you you're headed towards a storm. It might be less than someone else who sits next to you and their life might be stormy waters all the time. But you do not make it through this life without sailing through some storms. Every one of us will hit it sooner or later. And I know all, we have all these people. Last week, man, we had 32 people give their life to Jesus last week. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. And that's, that's astounding. And we have people who are just starting their faith with Jesus and just starting to walk in it. And that's awesome. But here's the deal. Jesus says, oh, I, I've given you salvation. I've given you this. You, you're, you're a faithful person. You've experienced God and you have that, that vision of what God has for your life. But then you're going to sail into a storm. And all of a sudden, the waves are going to get really big and they're going to get ugly. And before long, some of the water is going to begin to slosh over the sides of the boat. And then all of a sudden, it gets scary when you're up to your ankles in water. 
And you have to decide, do, am, I, am I keeping my eyes on Jesus, the fact that he's in this boat with me? Or are my eyes being distracted to realize that I'm more afraid about the water in the boat? I'm telling you, some of you guys are just starting your faith. You're just beginning to walk in, walk in it. Some of you guys have been walking in it for years, and you're going to sail into a storm, and you're going to have a moment in which you stand up and say, Jesus, do you even care? I mean, do you even care that I feel like I'm going to drown? And that you can stand confident. You say, no, I know that he cares. And when these storms come, it's because he wants me he wants me to develop this courage and he wants me to develop this hope in the fact that he is stronger than the storm. Let me tell you, it's better to be in a boat with Jesus that's going down than being one that's smooth sailing without him. And that might be that moment in which you have that and you're reminded, no. And there might be that moment where you literally feel like the waves are crashing in and this boat is going down and you need to be confident to be able to stand up and say, Jesus is stronger than my storm. Jesus is stronger than my storm. I believe in this situation right here, as the waves were crashing over and the boat was tipping back and forth, that if the disciples would have walked to the front of that boat and said, Jesus is stronger than this, it could have disappeared. If they would have had that confident hope, if they would have had that belief to be able to fight back against that storm and say, no, I refuse to put my focus on this storm. I put my focus on Jesus. Storm's coming. And you need to put this in your heart. You need to write it down somewhere. You need to etch it in your mind. Jesus is stronger than our storm of circumstances. Your faith will not be found on smooth sailing, easy waters. It will be forged in the middle of a storm. And we as a church, this is what we want to man take up as our, as our mantle. And we have, in five short years as a church, we've seen amazing, miraculous things happen. But let me tell you, it hasn't been without some storms. It hasn't been without moments that look scary, that look like the water is breaking over the sides, and that we have to constantly redouble our efforts and say, no, we believe that Jesus is stronger. We believe that he told us we were going to the other side. And even if these waves get bad, we refuse to put our, our conscience and we refuse to put our, our attention on that. We put our attention back on Jesus. Let me tell you that we're continually always looking at ways that we can redouble our efforts, that we can put all of our energy and our effort and our, our resources in ways to reach out and continue to reach to those who are lost in our community. That those who, who don't know about Jesus, who their entire life have walked into every church, and every church they walk in, they feel like, I don't belong here, and I feel like I'm out of place. But when they walk into Acts, they say, this is home. Man, that is our mission. And at times, there are going to be storms that come our way. It's happened even in this last year. And we refuse to give up, that we push through, and we say, Jesus is stronger than this storm. We will make it to the other side. Pray with me to finish today. Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the fact that these great stories of you are captured and maintained in your word. We thank you that we can read and our eyes and our minds can be open to these great stories of just these, these moments with you, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would, you would encourage us to delve into these words, that you would encourage us to grab a hold of your word and read these things and experience them for ourselves and be changed. And God, also then, that you would bless each person here, Lord, with moments in their life. And I know what I'm praying for when I say that. Most likely, it's storms. It's moments in which they have to turn to you and depend on you. 
But Lord Jesus, we'd rather be in a boat with you on rocky waters than be in, be in a boat by ourselves on, on nice, clear, and, and calm waters. Jesus, I ask that you would give each of these people moments that they would see your power, your greatness, your grandeur. We just thank you so much for what a great God you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Stand up with me real quick. How do we make Jesus famous in this area, Acts Church? Love God, love everyone. Have a great week.